This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. I'm the bright light in your world. How you doing? How you living? How you loving? I'm so glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? You might hear the pitter-patter of Carlin's feet in the background. This is hopefully going to be the last couple episodes before we get into our studio. I'm so pumped. We are going to be training Deb how to handle the ones and twos a little so she can be involved and have fun and have a thousand more jobs to do with me. I'm sure she can't wait. Speaking of not being able to wait, come see me live. How about that segue? I'm going to be in West Palm Beach for 420. Let me hotbox your soul. I'm going to be at the West Palm Beach Improv one night only. 420, honey. Come blaze with your favorite blunt babe, Puff Puff Peluso herself, me. That's going to be at the West Palm Beach Improv one night only. 420, April 20th. I believe the show is at 8 p.m. Tickets are available at jessiemay.com. And I'm a part of the Netflix is a joke comedy festival. That's right, biatch. I have my own show with a bunch of my friends. We're going to be at the Bourbon Room. That's going to be May 4th. May the 4th be with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles, California. One night only, one show. You can get those tickets at jessiemay.com as well. I'm going to have my future baby daddy, Matt Reif. My brother from another mother, Mr. Justin Martindale. My sister from another Mr. Miss Kalia McNeil. And my favorite, favorite blonde, big booby babe who's so funny, Katie Cazorla. All there with me. May the 4th be with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles, California. Two dates to see me solo. Unfortunately, Carly and I had to restructure our tour this spring. Both of us have Netflix shows coming out. Yay! But bummer for the road. We had to move our tour to the fall. So sorry for everybody who got tickets. You can come communicate with the club, email with the club. We will honor your ticket. You can get a full refund if you want. And come see us back when we return in the fall. But uh, you can see me live, like I said, 420 in Palm Beach, California. No, sorry. Where's, where's the world? Florida. And right here in Los Angeles on the 4th. May the 4th be with you. (laughs) Doesn't sound like fucking Darth Vader at all. Just sounds like me laughing. (laughs) I hope to see you guys at the shows. And uh, what else? What other live events do we have? No, our tour got canceled. We'll have some shows in the fall. Um, You can check out the Patreon page for exclusive contizzy. I hate myself that I just said that patreon.com forward slash Jesse Mae Peluso. And if you'd rather watch 
this week's video of the podcast, you can do that at my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. All things Jesse May Peluso. And thank you guys so much for listening. This week we are brought to you by Framebridge, which I had the delightful experience of working with. Uh, I have to tell you about it. It's an amazing new service. It's called Framebridge. It makes it super easy and affordable to frame your favorite things from art prints to posters to the travel photos sitting in your phone of the guy you said you were going to marry, but he never called you again because Italy is just stays in Italy. Um, with Mother's Day around the corner, Framebridge would be perfect for your mom and select gifts ship the next day. How amazing is that? You can get it to your mom the next day. You know how she always tells you, you're always late. Well, take that, mom. You just have to go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces, whatever you want to do. It can be like a cute little talisman, like a little cute little scoochy thing that you found on your trip, and you want to send it back to the guy to tell him you love him, and he'll probably never talk to you again, but hey, at least you gave him a really sweet gift. You probably should make something for your mom, though, because you came out of her, and that's the least you can do for her. Uh, you can preview your item in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. You choose your favorite, or you get free recommendations from their talented designers. And I tell you, they have so many frames. I didn't know this many frames existed. The experts at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. And instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, let me tell you, I've done that myself. And it's expensive. This uh, service I wish I had a couple years ago, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their order at framebridge.com when they use my code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person. If If you're in New York, D.C., Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago, I used it recently. I was blown away by how fast it came, by how the the quality, I I chose a photo, actually one of the last photos I took of my mom and dad, you know, now they're dead, but this beautiful moment happened when they both were in the ocean, and they were looking out into the ocean, and it just was this really sweet, serene vista that I wanted to keep forever, and when I discovered Framebridge, I knew exactly what photo I wanted to have framed, and I got one for my sister, she doesn't know yet, but... I had both of the um, the same photo made for my sister and I in the same way with this beautiful like wood frame and they just did such a great job. It was so easy to use, so fast. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com. Use promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P, to save an additional 15% off your first order. Go to framebridge.com, promo code SHARP. That's framebridge.com, promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. I love you guys at Framebridge. Thank you so much. You did an amazing job capturing a beautiful moment. And next, we have HelloFresh. Why, HelloFresh. Hello. Everybody wants to be fresh. Who doesn't want to be fresh? Look, if you show up at my house anything but fresh, bye. You're not getting through the dough. Okay, and with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trip to the grocery store. I can't stand it anymore. Going to the grocery store in L.A., you got to have an outfit on. And I'm sorry, unless I'm working, I'm not putting an outfit on. I don't want the pressure to have to be compared to these beautiful girls in their Lululemon pants. 
So I'm going to do a HelloFresh. <laughs> I was going to say YellowFresh. HelloFresh all day, every day. You can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Yes, you guys can get farm fresh seasonal produce and easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. Is, is this a luxury life? Are you the queen of England? Excuse me, luxury. I love HelloFresh. I used it mainly because they have so many different options. They have like 50 different weekly options and you can skip weeks when you need to. It's very easy to do that. You can change your delivery date and you can update your preferences and all the things you need to adjust in the HelloFresh app. They make it very easy to customize it. I loved the meals. I actually am surprised at the portions. It I had enough for like three meals, which eating alone is a little sad. But then I realized, oh, I'm a bad bitch, just a chef for myself. I don't need to have a man buy me a meal. I can have him deliver it to my doorstep and tell him to leave. It's a much better life for me. I think we all win in the end. It's healthier. I get farm to fresh food, far, farm, farm to kitchen, fresh, farm fresh. <laughs> Basically, there's a farm in your kitchen. That's what it feels like when you have HelloFresh. I loved it. I was surprised at how delicious all of the flavors were. And I was bragging about a chef. I was actually made me want to be more social. I wanted to have people over my house so that I could show off my chefing skills. And, you know, I'm going to have to have a dinner party now. And that means I have to buy a dining table. Oh, God, adulting is so expensive. But HelloFresh is not. You guys have to go to HelloFresh.com slash Sharp16 and use code Sharp16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You guys can go to HelloFresh.com slash Sharp16 and use code Sharp16 to get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. And look, if you're going to get free gifts, you might as well get them from America's number one meal kit. That's right. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about HelloFresh. Let your dad know about me, though, if he's rich and single. Thank you, HelloFresh, so much. I highly recommend it. It was delicious. I am a chef. I am a boss. I'm a chef and I'm living a life of luxury. Uh, I hope you guys are having a great week. I'm happy you're back here with me. This is a special Dr. Peluso episode. We get back into the nitty gritty, giving you guys some life advice from me, your, your, your community doctor, board uncertified. That's right. I got my education in the streets. And in the sheets. Really, I was educated in the streets and the sheets. And if you guys would like to get some advice from me, send in your questions at comedy at gmail.com for your chance to have your question read on the podcast. Make sure to indicate if you want me to mention your name. There's been a couple of you that are like, hey, I work for the government. Please don't say my name. And I'm like, okay, John Cougar Mellencamp. I end up reading your whole name. No, please indicate if you want me to leave you anonymous or not. And send me your questions. They can be about love, life, loss, anything, and everything in between. And this week, we are welcoming a return guest, a crowd favorite, board uncertified with a PhD in THC, the one, the only, the street and sheet educated, Mr. Dr. Peluso. <laughs> Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. It's a personal 
look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, babies. Wow. Um, I'm in an, a very lu- luxurious jacket because, well, first let me put, where did I put my lip gloss? That's a problem. You know, we can't be on this flossing and not glossing. I don't know where the fuck I put it. It's one of those days. It's Friday. It feels like a fucking Monday. I had it in my pocket, goddammit. Where is the gloss? Hold on. The gloss is lost. I'm in this luxurious jacket because I, um, this is the type of day it is. I put the lip gloss in my equipment bag. I can't wait for Cloud 10's studio to open so we can get into a studio. God bless us, everyone. Um, let me let me pour a rosé. Let me let me gloss. I'm lost without the gloss. Let's be honest. Look, if I don't have a lot of time to do makeup, I'll fill in these fucking seagull brows of mine, <laughs> and I'll toss some gloss. I'll toss on some gloss. A little mascara too. Let's let's be serious. Um, I don't want to brag, but a bitch went to Marshalls. Obviously. Um, I went to Marshall's and there's something you should never do on shrooms and that's shop and edibles for that matter. Because I, I love to do two things when I'm on edibles and shrooms. I like to shop and I like to eat. I like to shop and eat and sheet. That's, that's what I like to do. I like to sheet. And I went to Marshall's. I don't, I don't remember if it was an edible or a shroom. It might've been a shreddable where I did a little two for special, but came home with a pair of these babies and uh i'm gonna have a little friday rosé what are we drinking right here demon we're drinking a little demon couteau versois and professor um this is made with organic grapes who knows is anyone checking probably fucking not i bet you they can charge an extra five dollars it's organic what part of it is organic I want to know. Is the guy who picks the grapes, did he wash his hands? Because if he didn't, fuck your organic. If he went to the shitty... (laughs) I'm in a mood. (laughs) I'm in a mood. If he went and took a shit at the outhouse and then went and picked the grapes, I hate to to break it. It's not organic anymore. Um, This glass is for Dr. Daniel Amon. A bitch needs a rosé every now and then, you know? I, I do enough in my life to keep me as healthy as possible. I'm going to have a fucking Friday rosé in my jacket. Back to my jacket. So what I was doing was going through all of my stuff and purging. Does anyone do this? Where you're like, oh, I'm going to get rid of everything. And you, you only get rid of everything because you've been buying so much. I got rid of, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gotten rid of 15 garbage bags of clothes. I can't tell you how many times in my life I go, how have I had all these clothes? Where were all these clothes before? 
And why am I continuing? I have been a Macy's department store my entire life. So cheers. I need a sip. Mm. From my lips to God's ears, it's delicious. You literally, it could be sewer water with a hint of rosé at this point, and I would, I would enjoy it. Mm. That's actually delightful. I got this jacket. I'm torn about this jacket. So I did donate yesterday about seven bags of stuff. And I even did the thing, which I've never done before. This is a real sign of a fucking adult where I itemized everything that I donated and wrote it down on a piece of paper and did the math to get a receipt. That's where I'm at in my life. Like, okay, I'm gonna be responsible. But this one didn't make it in. And you're probably like, bitch, toss that rejected Sesame Street creature into a bag and send it on its death. Send it on its death. You might be saying that, but alas, as Marie Kondo says, if it doesn't bring you joy, fold it and shove it up your pussy. I don't, I mean, it's not, she doesn't say that and she's not Russian, but she does say if the clothing doesn't bring you joy, that you should get rid of it. And I was torn about this one because I got this with my mom. I'm 99.9% sure that I got this with my mother. And I remember specifically going shopping with her. And, you know, ever since I've done stand-up, when we'd go shopping and I'd pick something up, like, is this cute? She would be like, show jacket or like show shirt. Like it'd be something I could wear on stage. And she said that about this. So now I feel like I can't get rid of it. Even though it wholeheartedly looks like I'm the hooker Muppet, I still feel like I could rock this shit on stage. Just for Nance. A little no-pants Nance jacket, so I'm fucking keeping it. Um, how's everybody doing? It is a Friday. You're going to be listening to this on a different day. Shocker. We stack our episodes. But this is a Dr. Peluso episode, so you are in luck. I have been running amok in a good way busy keeping track of everything you know the deuce pod and girl pod and our now shifted tour which we have had to start to sort of um we had to take it apart we had to deconstruct our tour and we're reconstructing it in the end of the year so basically we had to cancel the spring tour for the most part we still will be in atlanta we still will be in nashville that's april 8th and 9th <laughs> April 9th in Atlanta, April 10th in Nashville. Debbie is constantly shaking her head at me. Um, we're keeping those two dates. Those are the only ones we could hang on to because Carly and I have previous commitments with Netflix individually. We're not doing the same project, unfortunately. I really wish we were. And at some point, we, I do feel a project with her and I, besides the podcast, which is so fun, but something, you know, a little bit more, um, a a bigger scheme, a bigger idea will be in the future for us. So our tour will be reconstructed in the fall and some of the winter. Um, what else, what else is happening? I've been working on my special and doing shows and all that. So we haven't been able to put Dr. Peluso on Instagram as much as I like to in weeds day as well. But you guys are amazing and sticking with me and knowing that there's always going to be something on the horizon to look forward to. So I always keep your questions. So Dr. Peluso, if I can't get to them on the Instagram story, I save them. We save them for the pod. And so let's get into some questions for the people. Dr. Peluso, at your service. Okay, what do we have here? 
Uh, Anvil 310, how are you feeling? What's your favorite strain of weed, hybrid, indica, or sativa? So many questions. You got like three questions in there. It was a really smart way to ask three questions. <laughs> how am I feeling? Today, I feel great. I feel very present. I feel uh, jaded about the dating world, but that's okay because I think I'm too busy to date anyways. And unless Brad Pitt and I cross paths, I don't see it happening or working out for any of you. I'm at the point in my life where I really don't give a fuck and I'm holding out for rats, rich and thick singles, or Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt can slide in. And let's be real, I'm getting Brad Pitt as the female art teacher that he looks like. Still sexy, still very fuckable, but he's no longer a river runs through it. <laughs> he's no longer Fight Club Brad. I think I could get him. I think at this point... Brad Pitt is within my wheelhouse. So that's where I'm at. Richard Thick Singles or Brad Pitt. Um, as far as my favorite strain of weed, I'd have to say overall, I've had a lot of different strains, but in order to really figure that out, I feel like you really have to go by the different companies and what their version of that strain is. And it's always going to be a little bit different. But for me, Candy Kush has always been a fun high. It's hard to find, for me, I, I get so many different products, so it's not like I'm actively seeking it out because things come to me, and so it's difficult to stick with one strain. But I also enjoy Strawberry Cough and Sapphire Scout. Sun-grown, you guys know. If you know, you know. Sun-grown weed, I stand by. It's happy flowers. I'm all about the happy flowers. Happy flowers, happy hours. That's what's going to ensue. And hybrid sativa or indica, I don't... I go by strain, always by strain. It's like when you pick a dog, go by the breed. If you're going to pick weed, go by the strain. It, it should, it should steer you right. Majawa 1996. Would you rather have hiccups for two days or be tickled for an hour? I feel like you've asked this before. I feel like this question has been here before. And I don't know if you, if, if, yeah, these are new questions. I was worried. I'm like, am I reading old questions? No, these are new questions. So you really are interested in, a little devious behavior and um, hiccups for two days sounds brutal. I will take the hour of tickle, but why am I being tickled for an hour? Who has that type of stamina? It's really fucking strange. I don't, that's torturous. All of it's torturous. I, neither. I don't want either. Why do I have to pick one? Um, let's see. Anvil 310. What's it like being hotter than the sun? My grandpa had Alzheimer's, so I know your pain. What, bro? <laughs> Yo, did you just hit on me and tell me your grandpa had Alzheimer's? You're really going for it. You're really pulling out all the stops. You're really like, let me compliment her and then let me make her feel bad for me. You know, for a lot of women, that might work. That might work for a lot of women, but not me, not Jesse May. No, I see through your bullshit, sir. I see it clearly because I served it a couple times myself and I say to that, a uh, hell no. Okay, what's it like being hotter than the sun? Ask your dad. Okay, ask your dad, and uh, he'll probably be opening to talk to you because it sounds like his dad is no longer with us. <laughs> so it sounds like he's got some time on his hands. Uh, no, I'm sorry about your grandpa. That's brutal, but I'm still not going to fuck you. Shore PPR. Are you ever doing a show in Albany, New York? I know, right? It's like there's Albany, New York, Buffalo, Rochester, that whole area. I will be back on the road. We're still... 
reconstructing from quarantine. Like we did the wide open tour and still had to cancel a bunch of dates because of COVID. And now Carly and I had to cancel our dates because everyone's trying to get back on track and shows are coming back on track. So everything's still being caught up. I will be doing shows in Albany, Buffalo, Rochester, probably in the fall. Cause right now spring and summer are shot with TV work, but Hey, that's a great thing. That's an awesome thing. So I can't wait to show you guys that when it's all done. Isray, no questions. Big fan. Enjoy NYC. Love the Bronx. I love the boogie down Bronx. There's nothing like people from the Bronx. There's nothing like people from New York. Let's be real. I, I'm so happy that I lived there for 10 years. I'm from New York, but not New York City. Obviously, people get so territorial. You're not from fucking New York. You're not from fucking New York. Syracuse ain't a part of New York. Meanwhile, New York City is like the smallest part of the state. Literally, Albany is like the capital. So it's like, okay, you guys are awesome. But still, we're from the bigger part of the state. No big deal. We're just over here. But New York City is one of the greatest cities in the world. Truly one of the greatest cities in the world. We talked about it in the last podcast. And I stand by it. And it's so strange going back and being technically a visitor. But I was a resident for so long that... I feel like I'm just visiting home, but I did have a great time in New York. We went and saw Harry Potter on Broadway and the, the cast was amazing. The stage and the, the music and the production was awesome. It was way too fucking long. Who wrote this shit? Who wrote, was it Martin Scorsese on the fucking screen screenplay board when they had to turn it into a, 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 a script for stage what the fuck it was five hours long this is why i'm so grateful for edibles i would not have been able to handle it without edibles i'm gonna be honest and this is no knock to the play i know broadway schedules are grueling and i know that the road to get to become a broadway actor is grueling i get all of that but goddamn. Why am I sitting in the seat for four and a half hours in a dark theater filled with children? Nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. And they got Dementors hanging from the ceiling. I will say the first half of Harry Potter, you got to go see. You can leave in intermission. I'm sorry. And this is just my opinion. You guys know what I say about an opinion. It comes right from Tina Fey. Just because you decide something is empirically not good does not mean that it is not good. Or just because you decide you don't like something doesn't mean that it's empirically not good. And that's, that's right here. I'm saying don't see the second half. It doesn't mean it's not good. If you're, if you're a full-blown Harry Potter fan, you're going to fucking love it. You're going to jizz in your pants. And then, and then the jizz is going to turn into a fucking spell and a, a demon, a, a semen demon is going to appear. <laughs> the semen demons will not be at Coachella. That was for Deb. The semen demons will not be at Coachella this year, but they will be at the Harry Potter play. So if you're a fan, fucking go. But everybody else leave with intermission. It's like, oh, God. I looked over at my friend who came with me. He was asleep. He was like, I'm like, this fucking asshole got a nap in? I'm I'm so jealous. And my niece and nephew, my sister and I decided, came to the conclusion after the fact that they were a little too young for the show. They, there is a minimum requirement, like age requirement for Broadway, specifically for the show. I think it was like eight. I could be wrong, but it certainly wasn't like five. <laughs> Karina's like, why is the TV so big? 
oh fuck oh god the broadway people are gonna hate us the broadway people all of them are going to do something we are we are going to be murdered we're gonna be brought into a basement where they keep annoying people i know what's gonna happen karina was kicking the chair elliot actually was pretty good for the first part but i mean that's why that you can't bring young kids and i'm saying you can't bring young kids meanwhile i'm like oh i'm sitting in my seat like how long is this fucking play don't bring impatient grown italian women and young children to to broadway that's what i've learned jenna rocco hey bison get got to fire huh my farts are so loud and smelly. I want to enter them in a fart Fridays, but I always forget. Girl, you need some ginkgo biloba in your life. Ginkgo biloba. Ginkgo go 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 biloba. You need to go blow boba. You need to go blow boba. You know that guy boba? And he'll it'll help you remember. Um, yeah, enter your farts in. Who cares? Farts are funny. I think farts are funny. Does it mean I'm any less classy? No. Rude. Oh, you'd think the queen doesn't fart? Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Can you imagine being at Buckingham Palace near the queen? And it's a royal wedding, right? It's a the royalist wedding. There's a royal guy here getting married. There's a royal guy there getting married. They got the little dogs that look like they're even racist, and they're running around the yard. And it's all just this real parliamenty vibe. And then you're standing next to the queen, and you just hear... Bitch, did you just shit your Gucci suit? What did you just do? You know the queen farts, so I don't want to hear it's not classy. Oh, you talk about it too much. Yeah, well, I bet you the queen laughs. I bet you she goes to bed and laughs. I can't believe I farted at the royal wedding. I can't believe nobody. I don't, is that the wrong? Is that, that's probably like a poor English accent. Hers is probably much smoother. I'm I'm basically like an extra from the holiday. <laughs> if you don't know the holiday, it's a great movie. It really is. It's a movie about nothing realistic with Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black. And it never happens in real world in the real world. And it's one of the reasons why Hollywood has ruined the fabric of relationships. But go ahead and be romantic and think that, you know, there's one person out there for you. Oh, my God, I have a fucking soulmate. No, you don't. Okay. We all know. We've heard. Everyone's talked about this at just complete exhaustion. Love isn't real. I'm kidding. Love is truly real. But I'm pretty sure the queen farts. Slucy Grant. How's my favorite pants filler? Speaking of farting, Susie's obsessed with sharts. I, I don't know who she is. I mean, I know who she is only because of her questions, but she's always talking about sharting. She's my shark princess. I, I haven't filled my pants, Lucy. I don't know why you're trying to fuck up my hot girl summer. Chloe, no, Chloe, no strength. Want to go to a real cowboy bar in um, Montana or fly fish? Let's do it. I'm a guide. Ah! We had to cancel our Montana shows, bitch. But I will I will totally take you up on that. I'm trying to go in September this year. I want to go a little bit early. Carly said she would want to go too and go to a dude ranch. And I would love to fly fish. I would love to go to a cowboy bar, bitch. I want to do all of that. Please email us. Comedy at gmail.com and tell us where do we find. And, and I want all, I want the rich men in Montana. I want the yellow stoners. I, bitch, if you find me a Rip Wheeler, I will be, I will clean your house. I'll watch your kids. 
for like a week. But, but that could be useful for you. If you find me a rip wheeler, bitch, what? I'll give you my firstborn. Truly. I'm looking for a rich and thick single in Montana. Oh, God, just a man with a fucking belt buckle. <laughs> just a man with a belt buckle that has like a whole Western scene on it. Why are those belt buckles so detailed? No one can see them. Why are there so many fucking scoochies up in the, the, the crevices of your belt buckle, bro? What's on it? What is it? Take the belt buckle off and let's just have a good time. I want a real thick cowboy daddy. A man with a fucking... If, if I hear the word acres... If my man's like, hey, yeah, I live on a on fucking 10 acres. You know you're rich when you talk about the acres you live on. There are two types of dudes. One dude that goes, yeah, I live on this block. The other dude that goes, yeah, I live on these acres. And I'm like, hi, 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 yes. Mr. Uber, I would like you to take me to the acres. Please, please, as to take me to the acres. So that's what I want, miss, who does the fly fishing guide. That's so badass. I think that's that's more admirable than, like, girls out here taking pictures in front of painted walls. There's girls who literally are making a living off of posing in front of fucking angel wings in Los Angeles. If I see one more bitch post a picture of her in front of a painted wall with wings and go... It's God's world. I, I, I want you to choke on your avocado smoothie, Bethany. I want you to trip and fall down a, a, an open sewer hole. <laughs> I ain't. Oh, heaven's missing an angel. Is he? Really? Let's, let's look at your DMs, Bethany, because I bet you're doing some trifling shit, okay? From one trifling hoe to another, Okay. You can take the wings off a girl, but she's still she's still a devil. So stop trying to act like you're more angelic than me just because I don't have my I'm not in front of a, a wall of wings. I got wings tattooed under my tits. Rogue MMS 2018. When will you be a guest on its Trash Tuesday podcast and vice versa? Ladies on yours. Annie has talked about having me on the pod. She. She wants, it's hard because there's three girls on the podcast. So adding a fourth seems completely antithetical to having a podcast. The whole reason to have a podcast is to have like a conversation with somebody, not hear chickens in a fucking hen house. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but she said it probably would have to be when she's out of town or someone's out of town, but we're trying to make it work. We'll see. M Kirky 31. How are you? <laughs> I love, I just, I love that how are you good you know how are you I, I can't get your response normally when you say how are you it's such a automated response we have and I don't know about you guys I would say nine times out of ten I don't give a fuck about the response no I do I actually do because if I'm asking you I care I don't say anything I really don't want to say and it's gotten me to this point in my life so why would I start anything different now why would I start doing it any other way but I'm I'm actually doing okay I'm, I do better when I'm you know in a routine and I've gotten myself into a routine and it's taken a long time but I work out six days a week I'm not bragging I'm not telling you this is what you need to do the amount of implementation I need into my life 
to be balanced is is alarming. I use the word jarring a lot. Jarring is one of my favorite words. I do a lot every day to keep myself at some sort of homeostatic place, some sort of baseline. And that's just to begin at a place. Like I, it, it takes a lot to build a habit. So now I'm at the point where I've, I do the gym six days a week. I've done that for about three months now. And I don't, I'm not going hard. I'm not in there like, hur, hur, like a lot of the people are. I, it's just a, a mind. It's a way to keep my mind, my busy mind occupied and to, you know, sweat it out a little bit and see if there's anybody rich there and check out the cars that are leaving the parking lot. That's all that it is. And, um, you know, once I do that, I do working out and I can get some meditation in, learn a little Italian on my Duolingo app. They should totally sponsor the podcast, by the way, because let me tell you, it's going to take me 45 years and I won't be fluent, but I'll still be using the app. I'll be using the app longer than anybody. And I'll be like, Casa de Agua Pantalone. Um, I think I just said the, the house of the day has a cat in your pants, which, you know, could mean something somewhere. But um, the point is, is I'm great. Jay Butterfield 20. Is the Gem Diner the goat of diners? Wow. What a deep cut. For those of you who don't know, the Gem Diner, respectively known as Little Gem Diner in Syracuse, New York, is one of the finest, greasiest spoon establishments in this country. That's where you go to get fries that are fried in the same oil that every fucking thing else on the menu is made in. It's just mwah, American food at its finest. It's a really cute classic diner. The food is actually really good. It's great diner food. The, the atmosphere is totally classic. It's, it used to be open much later. Like we'd go out drinking and then end up at the little gem diner at, you know, one in the morning and order like an egg and cheese on toast and just live our sloppy, sloppy whole lives. Without anybody taking photographs and show, oh, look at you shoving a sandwich in her face. And then I'm doing a fucking choreographed dance. And, and instead of me just living my life and eating my fucking sandwich and dancing with my friends, now I've got the pressure to recreate it all so I can have strangers follow me on an app that doesn't fucking matter. And so I can become famous to people who don't really care about me. I'm so glad I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how happy I am about it. My friend Leah Bonema had such a funny joke about that. She's like, I, I was able to grow up and be a slut and nobody knew about it. Yes, nobody knew about it. Now everyone knows your shit. And now moments aren't even moments anymore. They're just something to be documented and put on a fucking social media app. And you, I guess you have to find your balance with it and have fun with it. But the whole point is go to the Little Gem Diner and enjoy a delicious meal any hour of the day. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Tell them I sent you. They're going to be like, who? And you're like, yes. Sarah Camarena. What's up, girl? Laser hair removal or nah? Laser hair removal all day. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a little story about a girl who forgot she had a date and then shaved everything in a hurry. Only to wake up to what looked like she was dragged behind a, a, you know, one of those... 18 wheelers. How many wheels do trucks have? 20, 16 wheeler. Like I'm supposed to know. I can't do math and I don't drive trucks. It looked like I was dragged behind one of those trucks with all the wheels. <laughs> it looks like something hit my skin and made this noise. <laughs> Shaving is for men with beards. 
It is not for ladies. You got to get it, it. Look, laser hair removal is not cheap. I realize that. But save up your money. Don't go to college. Get your hair removed. And let some man who went to college pay for it. <laughs> Equality. <laughs> Equality. I, I, I'm here for laser hair removal all day. I did a little scoochie on the sides, you know, like classy, a little scooch scooch on e either side. I basically want to be able to look like I have the freshest skin all the time. And it takes a few sessions. You know, you got to go. You have to go through each one of your hair cycles. And it's interesting. You become like a follicle scientist. You're like, oh, okay. So if I shave now, my hair takes this long for it to regenerate. You really start to learn how long it takes for your body and your hair to regenerate. And then you become like a total scientist about your hair. And then before you even know it, it doesn't even grow back. It's kind of like an annoying ex where you do these attempts at getting rid of them you're like all right go away go away and then one day he just doesn't show up again and you're like fucking finally what when was that guy gonna stop bothering me and it's you know not a guy it's your hair you guys get it Yvonne ah have you had good friends let you down what are your ways to recover from this hurt wow I feel like this is the first real question we've had this Dr. P session well of course I have I've had friends let me down I've been the friend to let people down and I think what I've learned, especially on the other side of all of this, these life experiences that I've been through, is to be flexible. That keeps me the most sane. I think the more expectations we have outside of ourselves, the more letdowns we experience. I think the more you put what you want to happen, the more you, 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 you sort of depend on the outcome and you put that in somebody else's hands, the more disappointments you're going to experience. You know, I have a mentor that I work with, Breck Costin, and he says, you should never hope outside yourself. And, and at first I was like, damn, that sucks. I want to be able to hope. I want to be able to rely on people and I want to be able to do all these things, but he's right. And it's not that you, you shouldn't do those things. You just shouldn't do those things first. Once you learn to really maintain hope within yourself you're able to have less hope outside of yourself so it's not that you shouldn't hope for other people you should just redirect your focus on yourself and yeah I've had friends let me down and it you know there's ebb and flows to life there's ebb and flows to your own existence there's ebb and flows to relationships to friendships things can just get blown up and completely destruct and explode and never get rebuilt or reconstructed or rehabilitated. But then there's those instances where you have with friends where things blow up and they explode and it actually enforces and reinforces the foundation you had before. So I think the main thing is to be like Bruce Lee says, be, be more like water. You, you just got to go with the flow and, and, take the shape of, of what's going on around you instead of letting what goes on around you shape you. You know, it's, it's about having a different perspective and sort of reducing your expectations outside of yourself. So yeah, I've had hurt and you're asking about ways to recover from this hurt. It's all about expectations and it's all about setting boundaries for yourself. You really have to learn to speak up for yourself and find a way to really set the standard for who you are as a person and how that standard permeates your relationships will dictate how you're treated. 
and and it takes a lot of it takes years. I'm still learning how to communicate and still learning how to demand my worth and also be patient and be flexible. It's definitely a fine dance. There's, there's, uh, an ebb and flow even into the process of becoming, um, an evolved human being and being somebody who is empathetic to other people's struggle while still maintaining your own standards. There's all, there's, there's a, a flow and a balance to all of it. I think for me, realizing people make mistakes, but also realizing that within a world of me knowing what I'm worth. So yeah, you can make mistakes, but maybe that doesn't work for you anymore. Maybe you're friends with somebody who, who you realize doesn't value you and you don't have to stay friends with people. You don't even have to be friends with your family members. You don't, because of what, what doctrine is there written? where you have to be friends with your family, where you have to be friends with your friends. I have experienced enough and have been humbled by enough to know that if I walk with you, know that you matter in my life. If I talk to you, know that you matter in my life. I don't do anything out of feeling like I owe somebody something anymore. The only person I owe something to is myself to be real and to be authentic and also protect my energy so that I can show up and be real and authentic to the people I love and have in my life. So I guess the way to recover from the hurt of friends letting you down starts with you. You have to set the standard. You have to speak up and let people know when they've done something that doesn't feel right to you. And also let yourself know when you're overextending and finding a balance and finding a way to draw some boundaries. Boundaries will be your best friend when it comes to having friends. Most people don't like to do that. Most people want to romanticize everything. And you can be romantical about it all but you will have such a better experience with your friends and yourself if you set boundaries and you learn how to communicate in a way that shows mutual respect like hey you good you good with everything let me know you know checking in just like hey you good what's going on you know do you need anything is you know did something I say make you feel a certain way like checking in in any way can really alleviate any sort of issues you might have communication wise with your friends. And even then they still might be fucking assholes. And to that, I say, bye. Like the smartless podcasts are always looking for ways to throw bye in at the, at the end. I didn't do it, but they're much more creative when it comes to that. Magic picks 33 favorite music artists, Erica Badu hands down. She's right here. You can't see it. I had an art piece made by this artist. Um, I have to find her name. I'll have to find the artist's name and post this. I don't know if I posted on my social media yet, but, um, I love Erica Badu. I've always loved Erica Badu. I'm, I, I hope she puts some new music out soon. Um, and you know, sometimes they say don't meet your idols cause it ruins it. I met her and it made it even better cause she couldn't stand me. And I was like, I love her. <laughs> she didn't like anybody. It's not that she didn't like anybody. I learned a lot about how she interacted with people. She's somebody who preserves her energy. She's someone when she walks into a room she doesn't allow the energy of the room dictate how she outputs. She just outputs and the room kind of molds around to that. And it's not even like a domineering or uh, like nefarious energy. It's just a very cool, authentic flow and vibe that she has. Like she, when I think of her, she's somebody who is comfortable in her own skin. And I've learned a lot from listening to her in interviews and her music. I love so much. I find myself, you know, it's like that era, um, when you're about 
14 to like 24, 15 to 25 for some reason, that's the time frame in your life where your brain really documents and card catalogs all the music. You retain a lot of music. You'll you'll probably find yourself singing lyrics to songs when you listen to like throwback jams of songs from, you know, that time frame in your life because that's when your brain really compartmentalizes and memorizes that stuff. And I will find myself singing Eric about do music all the time. I also was really into Neo soul when it came out and she was such a new sound at that time. And I I've always gravitated to artists that have been sort of groundbreaking in their own avenues and in, in their own genres, they've created their own subgenre within their art and I always felt that about her and she inspired me in so many different ways. Plus she definitely smokes weed and I'm here for that. I love her. I, I, I've seen her perform live. I went with my friend Kai Ahrens. So far we've seen two concerts together, maybe three. And, uh, we went to Casey Musgraves together and, and, uh, he took me to go see Erica Badu a couple years ago at the fuck you fest or fuck yeah fest. <laughs> fuck you fest. Yeah, fuck you. It's in New York. You just come. It's a fucking parade. We walk in the street and we tell everybody to fuck off. That would be a really good idea. Um, she was at the Fuck Yeah Fest and I was so, I had never seen her live and I've listened to her music for so long. And this festival was only like four years ago, right before quarantine. And he said my face watching her was just like this. I, my mouth was open, my eyes were wide and I was dumbfounded. I was dumbstruck. Like, starstruck dumb dumbstruck fucked all of that moonstruck moons over my hammy and butt fucked all of it when i saw erica badu um i love her so much c sanchez tips for hiding the smell of weed from the boyfriend get a new boyfriend next question <laughs> bitch why is he a cop the fuck what about the smells to come out of your boyfriend? Ew. What is that smell? Did something die? Did you, did you walk home in the middle of a highway and somehow hooked one of those roadkill creatures and it, and your body absorbed it? What the fuck is that smell? Weed should be a, a, a potpourri compared to what your boyfriend smells like. They're nuts. Have you sniffed unwashed, unkept scrotums? A scrotum? Is a, is a scrotum the whole? Is, there, is it scrotums or is it a scrotum? It's the one scrotum. I think it might be the one scrotum. It holds the balls. I realize I'm a doctor, but I'm not a nut doctor, okay? I think it's the scrotum that holds the nuts. Have you sniffed one of those unkept scrotums? Not fresh. Not cute. And I know you can, oh, we smelled a vagina. I'm not talking about that. She asked about her boyfriend and covering up weed smell for her boyfriend. And I'm asking her, she sniffed her boyfriend lately. So let me tell you, you're not going to want to have a sandwich after you sniff that sack. Okay? So why don't you tell him to scoochie up him, himself before he starts getting all mad about, you know, the candy cush you've got. Tell him to wash his tush before he complains about your candy tush. Cush. Bush. <laughs> push, push in the bush. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is your boyfriend smells terrible. And the weed is basically poopery covering up his funk. I would, I would blow it right in his face. Why? I, I'm, I'm intrigued as to why he wants you to cover it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the house smells like weed. Yeah, well, 
you're welcome because before it smelled like your nuts. Let's see. I don't know why that made me so angry. <laughs> why did I get so, so violently angry at that question? I wasn't really violently angry, but you know, it's just, you want some tips. Okay. Tips for hiding the weed smell from your boyfriend. I'll give you serious tips. One, maybe smoke outside. I'm still dumbfounded as to why you'd need to tiptoe around the house unless you're living with him and he pays the bills and maybe and lives in a place where it's not legal. But then, like, I'd rather live in a tent. <laughs> I'd rather hotbox a tent. If I'm living in a place where I can't smoke weed, I'm going to go pitch a tent. I'm going to go hang out in my neighbor's backyard with their kids and have sleepovers. And... I'm going to be in my own tent. I'm not going to hotbox their tent because they're children, but they will understand why I need to sleep in a tent and I won't seem weird. Well, then I'll probably be weird because I'm a grown adult in the backyard sleeping in a tent with a bunch of children, totally platonically, but you know how the public likes to blow everything out of proportion. Next thing you know, I'm the stoner Michael Jackson. I'm out here touching kids. I'm not even touching kids. We're just having a good time. That sounds even worse. But I, if you need to hide the smell, go smoke outside. And that's your only option, really. Because weed, oh man, it's all dank. At the end of the day, there's no hiding weed smoke. Smoke in general, you can't really hide it. I mean, you there are those like little hotel tubs that you can blow into. Not like a bathtub, but like the like, little containers that they make. Oh, what was that thing called, Deb? It was like a monkey, the the um, dump monk, smoke buddy. Deb's going to look it up. Smoke buddy. Those little jars you can like blow into and it supposedly, it actually kind of worked for me. I, I used it in Florida, I, I believe, but I did answer the door for my Uber Eats without pants on and gave the guy my phone number. So I don't, I don't know what, what happened there. So we might want to be careful. <laughs> we might want to be careful. We might want to read the fine print. The other thing you can do is that like old school, putting a towel under the door, like a, like a, you know, a wet towel, damp towel. That's what they used to call me in high school and put it under scoochie under the door a little bit. And then you blow into, uh, your friend's asshole secrets. No, you blow into <laughs> the tube, you know, the little, what, what is this budget bullshit chemistry experiment we're doing? If I need utensils, to, to mask the smell of my weed. I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. It's the wrong time. The only thing that's right is me and my weed. This is not the right place for me. I need to find a place where I can be myself and not be judged because I'm, you know, having a blunt. Maybe you should ask yourself, you know, why are you smoking weed? Not like don't smoke weed. Cause I enjoy weed, but does your boyfriend stress you out? Cause I think it might be time for a new boyfriend. If I had to gander an idea here, if I had to like take a, a guess as to what needs to be changed, but I, I wish you the best. Um, I would love a follow-up question. If you could email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail and let us know what's really going on. And if you guys want any real advice, if you want to be anonymous with this, you can email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail. We'll answer your questions. We'll give you advice for these Dr. Peluso episodes, there's been a couple times when people have asked to keep their names out and I, I have forgotten, but I will remember from now on. Um, I think I do have a couple phone calls. You guys know, I don't really screen these. 
as well as I should. And oh God, Bill Bong sent me photos, Deb. <laughs> oh my God. Guys, Bill Bong is back. And if you are a fan of the podcast, you know Bill Bong is basically the Sasquatch of this of this podcast world. Where is Bill Bong? Is he real? Where is he right now? What is he doing? Well, this is what he's doing right now. Um, I think he's about to go swindle some motherfuckers. <laughs> look at Bill Bong. Look at, looking like a whole snack. What's he doing? Where? What? <laughs> Girl, you in danger. Why you look like a ghost? You look like a ghost. Look, he's got duck lips. Bill Bong is killing me. Oh boy. I, I mean, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I feel like Bill Bong needs to be on your mama's house with Tom Segura and Christina Pazinski. And I think I need to, Bill, with your, I, I'm sure you won't mind judging by the messages you send me, which are borderline abusive, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, I'm sure you won't mind if I share these with Christina Pazinski and Tom Segura and they may very well want you on their podcast, but here we go, guys. I'm going to have a busy weekend this weekend. Bill Bong looking like, I don't know what this, what, what in the law and order is fucking going on. <laughs> Bill Bong, one of my fans. If it tells you anything about how my career is going, um, uh, let's do a couple, maybe one. Let's see what we got going on. These are always. We never know. Um, hold on. Hi, my name is Alyssa Ryder. I wasn't too sure how to go about doing this, but I sent you a DM on Instagram under my handle, AliBooSpans. Um, I wanted to get my sister on the show Tattoo Redo, but I'm not too sure how about like how to go about doing that. Her tattoo's horrible. It was for our late mother. It looks like a banana. It's supposed to be a moon. Um, if you could message me back on Instagram or something so I could figure out how to apply for the show, that would be great. Thank you. Bye. Oh, Alyssa Ryder. First of all, I'm so sorry that your, who is it? Your sister? You want to get your sister on the show. Um, she has a tattoo for your dead mom that looks like a banana. And I have so many questions. I don't, I know it was supposed to be a moon. Was it because she used to say, I love you to the moon and back? Because my mom used to say that all the time. It's a common expression. But the bad news is that your mom is not coming back. The worst news is neither is tattoo redo. <laughs> And I can say that because my mom is dead too. You know, it only comes from a place of love and wanting you to heal. But you can get really good cover-ups. You just have to make sure when you go to a tattoo artist, it's it's just like anything, like getting a dog. You want to know about the breed. When you go to a tattoo artist, you want to know what they specialize in. I think we have this assumption that tattoo artists are just good at tattoos. Well, there's a lot of different types of tattoos. First of all, the placement can they do hand tattoos? Are they good with neck tattoos? Can they do font? Are they good with portraits? Um, what, what do they really enjoy doing the most? Um, what do they specialize in is your first question. You're going to want to find somebody who, who's really good at cover-ups here. And 
depending on what the tattoo looks like, meaning the size, the color, and the shape, and the placement will give you more of an idea of who to look for. And this is going to sound creepy, but what I do when I'm out in the world, if you see somebody with a tattoo that you love, talk to them, ask them, ask them where they got the tattoo done. More often than not, people will share the artist's info. That's where I've gotten a majority of my information from. I have like tattoos that are set up for the future for myself and artists that I've reached out to. Sometimes when, you know, now even after doing the show, I've been exposed to the tattoo world in a totally different way, but really good artists have wait lists of like a year. And I give myself a year for a tattoo. So if I'm not thinking about it after the year, I don't get it. If I still am, I do. And I've got two tattoos right now that I've had on my mind for over two years now and finding the right time to get it done. But yeah, so it, it, I, I would love to know why your your banana moon tattoo is a banana moon. So email us, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com if you feel like giving me the rest of that info. But other than that, go for what the person specializes in and find a really great tattoo artist and pay the money. Pay the money. Save your money up because it takes so much more to re- to get rid of them and they're permanent unless you get them lasered off and laser is very expensive and time consuming. So save your money up and find the right artist and take your time. You know, I feel like we're rushed to cover ourselves in tattoos. Well, unless you're looking to be a fucking pirate, there's no rush. Good luck. And I hope your mom, I was going to say, I hope your mom is okay, but she's not, she's dead. Cassie May, I love you so much. I, you're just such a comedy queen, but you also deal with the real stuff, and I'm kind of like that as well, but sorry for my squeaky chair. Anyways, I guess you could say I'm at that point where I'm healing my inner child, and I can almost draw a direct line from my communication issues, my relationship issues, my self-esteem issues, directly back to, you guessed it, my parents, more specifically, my unemotionally available father, and I'm just at that point where it's like, I love them so much, but it's also like, you had a say in this. You were the ones who decided to have kids, and... I don't know how this is going to go, because I haven't listened to the rest of this message yet, and I hope this girl's okay, first of all. I'm sure she is, but just want to say... So often the, you know, medical um, industry is instead of asking why you have anxiety, why you have depression, why you're um, always in your head, they're just throwing pills at you. And I'm trying to unlearn all this stuff and it all starts in childhood. And like I said, I love my dad, but like, God damn it. So many of my issues (laughs) could be solved if... um, if I had a good relationship with him and if he was um, emotionally available there for me and he wasn't and God, just looking back on not speaking up for myself, going after people simply because they showed interest in me. And instead of asking myself, do I like this person? I was always operating under how do I get this person to like me more? Anyways, I hope that made sense probably didn't i love you um and 
I listen to your podcast all the time. Keep it up. I love you. Bye. Oh, first of all, thank you so much for being so fucking vulnerable. Um, I don't know if you if you left your name in this, and that's fine. Um, I hear a lot going on there, and I can totally relate. Look, my parents loved me. Both of my parents loved me so much, and without that love, I would be a hooker. Without that love, I would be a drug addict, and without that love, I'd be on a different type of stage. And there's there's one thing that I'm kind of hearing, and I and I'm, I'm you know I do tough love. I'm kind of hearing a little victimization, which is totally understandable because it sounds like you came from a really hard upbringing. It sounds like you have some um, breakdown between you and your parents. And I want you to know what I've learned is what happened to me is not me. And that's the first thing that I think towards a step of in, in healing is realizing that while something happened to you, it is not the sum of you. It's only a part of you. And it will remain a part of you for the rest of your life, whether that be neglectful parents, abusive parents, sexual assault, a, a grief, a terrible divorce, whatever event you go through. It stays with you and any body person group or medical industry or, or medical device or pharmaceutical company that tells you differently is lying. You can't will and drug and pray things out of you. We're not meant to get rid of everything. It stays a part of us, but what you have to learn to do is to let go of its grip on you. You know, I talk about Breck Costin, my mentor, and he also says things either have you or they have, or, or, or they have, you have that. You either have something or it has you. And in this instance, when I say victimization, it sounds like your past still has you. And know that there's a pathway away from that. There's, there's a difficult pathway, but there is a way to take control of that and change that story. And it all starts with changing your narrative, changing what you're telling yourself. You know, um, you said you love your dad, but God damn it. And that's a whole mouthful. I wonder um, what went on there. And you talk about him being emotionally, if you wonder if he, what would have happened if he was emotionally available. My father was not a very emotionally available man either. He, like many in that generation, had to take on the burden of men before him who were even more so emotionally unavailable, borderline abusive and abusive. And so it becomes this perpetual trauma that is either snowballing into something or people like us, we start to break that snowball down and start a different story so that we can create a new history for ourselves and not let our past become our future. And I think that's first and foremost for you to know, no matter what your father's shortcomings were or what your relationships with your parents were or, or like now, they don't have to define you. I know it's a lot easier said than done, but it all comes down to what your narrative is and what you want and what you're willing to do to get what you want. And you have to change the narrative in your mind that you are your parents' child. You're an adult now. You're a fucking adult. And you've got your life to live. 
You know what my mom used to say to me? It's something that would be on a fucking magnet, but it's it's it it's real and it works. You got to put your big girl panties on and deal with it. That's what my mom used to say to me when I would be upset about stuff. And that's probably one of the reasons why I am the way I am. She would tough love me. And I'm sure it fucking hurt her to do that. I'm sure there were times when she wanted to just swoop me up in her arms and let me cry. And she did do that. But she also was very tough. She would take the position of telling me, well, what are you going to do? How are you going to figure this out? What are your options? What are your resources? And you say, I was always operating under how do I get this person to like me more? That's a very common narrative for somebody who was neglected by their parents, for somebody who grew up in a chaotic household, for somebody who grew up in a household where the love was contingent, which is not a normal process for a child to go through. A child should be experiencing completely unconditional love, should be getting the shelter, the food, the calm introduction into existence. And so many of us are born into chaos that what we end up becoming are people pleasers and victims. And you have an opportunity to change that fucking narrative, girl. And it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of fucking work. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it is the easiest process. I am almost 40 years old and it has taken me decades of, of trial and error. And until recently, really strict borderline military style, um, commitment to myself. Not like Dave Goggins. I'm not like, fuck you, man. You got to get out here. Fuck. My God, take a nap and eat a sandwich. I do believe in a balanced life, but I do know what it, what it has taken for me to get to a place where I am able to change my narrative. And you know, we've talked about it in this episode and I've talked about it on the podcast. It's all about ebbs and flows and you have to be kind to yourself. You have to be kind with yourself with a sense of discipline. And there's this quote I have on my wall by Miriam Hassana. It says, relax into your true nature. Get to know how you limit yourself and how you shut down. Be I'm reading this from afar, sorry. No one can find your inner balance for you. It's your responsibility to find the right amount of being soft with also being disciplined in, as you evolve into a more fluid way of being. I read that when I leave the house because essentially what it's saying is you got to know how you're showing up in life and you've got to know how you limit yourself and you have to know how you occur in the world. And in order to do all of that, you have to be kind with yourself, but you got to be fucking disciplined. This world is not built to cater to you. This world is, is yours to create and yours to define. Your life is yours to define. And, you know, yeah, it sounds a little preachish and a little life coachish, but it's what's worked for me. Mantras and meditation and working out and saying no to ridiculous dick. No more ridiculous dick. No, no. I'm going to be a badass bitch. Yes. Sorry. Only want to fuck your rich dad. That's it. Oh, you've got a wife. Bye. Oh, do you have two kids? See you later. Oh, are you addicted to opioids? Please install a bidet and fix some of my shelves and then leave. You have to find that place where you are the fucking bomb, where you are the star of your life 
and where you are living from such an elevated place because only from that stage can you start to really show up for people in your life and, and start to have an effect on the world around you. But unfortunately, like you and I, my mysterious woman, you were raised by people who weren't perfect. And I don't know if your parents tried hard. I don't know if they were abusive. I don't know if they showed you love. I don't know what, what you were neglected, but I do know you were neglected something. I can hear it in your voice. And even at the end, you say, I hope that made sense. Probably didn't. I love you. Even in the end, and you're, it, it, I don't mean to like psychoanalyze your whole message, but this is what I do. I psychoanalyze people, and I'm usually right because I've been an observant person my whole life. It's how I've survived. It's how I was able to survive in my household with, with a mother and father who were always arguing. I don't remember it. I must have blocked that part out, but my sister reminds me of it. And I learned how to sort of read people so that I could exist in the world in a, in a, in a manner of where I was protected because I was constantly kind of walking on eggshells in that house a little bit. Not that we weren't loved, but my parents, when they were together, were not good. So I can understand where you're coming from. And a lot of people probably can, you know, we're all made by imperfect people. That's just the reality of existence. That's the reality of procreation. And it's a tough realization, isn't it? As an adult to go, oh man, my parents weren't perfect. Fuck. My dad was an emotionally unavailable asshole. Shit. No wonder I date them. It's so simple. It's so simplistic. I had this thought when I was walking around on shrooms the other day. And it, it's kind of a generalization. But I think there's some truth to it. That we're all essentially trying to get back to our mom. That we're all essentially try, trying to reconnect with her. And mom can, I say general, I think mom can be a term of love, a place of safety, a place where we feel comforted, a place where we feel seen. And even if that person, our mom, wasn't somebody who gave us all those things, we still want her. Because it's so ingrained into who we are as a human being to need that love. And that's why it's so important when you are thinking about having a child to ask yourself, do I want to be a mom or do I want to have a kid? These are two different things. And, and you're still going to fuck it up. That's why I haven't had one yet. That's why I have three dogs. Because, <laughs> you know, I can leave a dog at a grocery store and not go to jail. <laughs> Not that I have. I would never leave my dog at a grocery store. But a kid? Ah, how many do I have? How busy am I? How many jobs do I have? Parents fuck up. And, and, and I think knowing that we are all from fuck ups helps us at least have a little bit more humility in our own healing. And so first you just have to go, I, I, was, I, I'm, I come from fuck ups. And that's, that's okay. They weren't perfect and neither am I. But knowing where your source of pain is, it usually is parental. It usually comes down to a lack of something, a neglect of something. But here's the good news. What you lacked in your childhood, you can make up for in your adulthood with self-care and self-love. I am a prime example of that. I have experienced many different types of abuse and neglect in my life, and I'm not a victim. 
I don't expect any special treatment. I only say this to say I've experienced a lot of different things that people can relate to. I've been raped and I've been physically abused, emotionally abused. I've been in dangerous, toxic relationships. I've gotten restraining orders and I have dealt with PTSD and I've also lost both of my parents and I've been on both sides of being a good person and a bad person in a relationship. So I only say all that to say that I know what you guys have been through and I'm only speaking through my experiences for you when you come in with these questions and, and looking for advice. I don't think I'm perfect. I am not a real doctor. I am a doctor of love. I'm a doctor of, of the streets and I can only bring you what I've experienced. And I hope through some of it, I'm able to lift the veil for you to know that there are resources out there. And it usually will start with you and just knowing that you have that in you to be able to step out into the world as someone who is healing instead of someone who is a victim of what's happened to them is fucking dope for me. So, um, thank you guys so much for your questions. Thank you for, um, your continued support. Make sure you check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Jesse May. And the tour reboot, the reconstruction will be on the website soon. As of now, we do have Atlanta and Nashville to see Carly and I. I don't think I have any single dates yet just for myself, but we will be building the tour probably in the next couple months for the fall and the winter. Um, and if you guys have questions, email them if you want to be completely anonymous that's fine just state in your email that you don't want me to say your name jesse may peluso comedy at gmail.com and also you can shoot us a message on sunday through mondays on my instagram story when we post the prompt also i will be in west palm beach i do have single dates wait debbie i'm like debbie's face right now I can't wait to get into a studio with this bitch. I do have single dates. Okay. I am. Is it West Palm Beach Improv? I'm at the West 420. What the fuck? I'm at the West Palm Beach Improv. I'm 421 night only bitch. Bring your friends. Let's rock the walls. Let's rock the house. We're going to celebrate. I don't know if we can hot box, but man, I'm going to hot box your soul that night. 420 West Palm Beach Improv, jessiemay.com for tickets. And also, how could I forget? I'm in the Netflix is a joke festival. What the fuck? I, I mean, I've already said this in the intro. So that's probably why I'm like, I'm not anywhere. I am at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles. That's April 4th. May the 4th be with you. Nope, it's not. It's May 4th. It's May 4th. Okay, so I'm 420 at West Palm Beach Improv. That's April. Four is the April month. Five, four is the Bourbon Room show. That's May 4th. May the 4th be with you at the Bourbon Room in Los Angeles <laughs> with Matt Rife, my new future ex-husband, Justin Martindale, my ex zaddy my gay boy katie kazorla and hosted by my girl kalia mcneil it's gonna be so much fucking fun that's may 4th may the 4th be with you in los angeles debbie's sweating because i constantly am driving her nuts she's always just fixing things i say <laughs> may 4th bourbon room jessie for tickets 420 that's the month of april 
celebrating 420 at the West Palm Beach Improv. You guys have been fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Keep fighting for yourself. It's a short life and it's yours to live. One love. Bye, bitch. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.